I'm a booger. I'm a booger booger. I'm a booger. I'm a booger 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 booger. Heinrich Bomke is a forensic investigator who trains reporters. He's also a writer who loves trees, bees, wind over the felt, and Nguni cattle. And even though he loves cattle, he's not scared to stomp all over sacred cows. Heinrich's debut novel, Sorry, was published in 2017. It tells the story of four lives in crisis, on the same day, in the same hotel. It mixes South African politics and history with a thrilling plot and a compelling story. As one reviewer put it, there is no chill with this book. Rion Malan says Heinrich's political analysis is sharper than a bicycle spoke between the ribs. Heinrich's latest book is A World Away from Sari. It's The Helpless Lady. It's a children's book set in the lockdown. Day 17 starts off just like any other boring lockdown day, but turns into a day full of excitement, mystery, and adventure when nine-year-old Erica sees a desperate message for help in her neighbor's window. Erica's grumpy dad is busy, and so she takes matters into her own hands to rescue her elderly neighbor. It's a fast, heartwarming story told with humor, and there are a few twists at the end to keep you on your toes. Welcome to I'm a Booker Booker, Heinrich. Can you please read us an extract from The Helpless Lady? Thank you. Chapter 3. Deep Water. A black dog charged towards me. A huge one. I should have known because we sometimes heard a deep boom, boom bark coming from behind our house. I turned and I ran. I knew I'd never make it to the wall in time. Luckily, the garden sloped downwards and I picked up speed in a few strides. I could hear the footfalls of the giant beast slapping the grass behind me. Then I saw my only escape. Tossing the iPad aside, I headed for a large green swimming pool. A bark exploded right behind me and I knew I had to jump. I jammed my right leg into the ground and pushed off with all my might. I flew over the paving around the pool. For an awful second, I felt a pull on my skorts. And then I plunged into the water, which swallowed me over my head. I spluttered to the surface, dead leaves and insects all around my face. Ew, it was disgusting and super cold. The dog lay on the paving with his head on top of his paws, glowering. I kicked over to the other end of the pool, but the Great Dane knew what I was thinking. He sprang up and blocked me from getting out. I was stuck. I yelled, hello, but the dog barked even louder, standing on the edge of the water, baring his sharp yellow teeth. What would happen if he jumped in? I wondered what my dad would say about this. He liked to tell me that any problem could be solved with the right tool. <laughs> what tool was there to stop being eaten by an angry dog? I had been treading water the whole time, so I couldn't see much outside the pool. But when I looked down, I saw the dim outline of an object at the bottom. I dived underwater, not daring to open my eyes in the filthy pool. I held my breath as long as I could, fumbling around in the slime. Nothing. I circled and circled, my lungs burst, 
Then my pinky brushed something hard and I grabbed it. I shot up for a gasp of breath. I looked at what I was holding. It was a ball, a hockey ball. I had only one chance at this. I swam as close as I dared to the side of the pool next to the steps. The hound watched my every move. He stood up. Yeah, boy, want to play fetch? I chucked the ball as hard as I could over his head down the garden. Yes, he took off after it and I pulled myself through the water up the steps. It felt like I was in one of those dreams with something chasing me, but I just couldn't get away. Except something was chasing me and I had to get away. I ran up the slope in my wet clothes, nearly standing on the iPad along the way. I grabbed it without thinking and looked over my shoulder. The Great Dane bounced back up the hill towards me. For the second time that day, I realized I would not make the wall. But if I ran really fast and really straight, I might just make it inside the house and shut the door. Thanks, Heinrich. The helpless lady is dedicated to Charlie on her ninth birthday in lockdown. How did Charlie celebrate her ninth birthday in lockdown? The book actually came about because I didn't have a present for her because we'd been stuck in lockdown. We thought it would end on the 16th. Her birthday's on the 19th. And uh, we would quickly run out uh, and get a present for her. But when it, the lockdown was extended, we were adrift for a present. So I wrote a little story and uh, the next thing it seemed like it was half good enough for a book. And uh, we uh, had a little bit of sweets and we found some pre uh, some stuff in her room that she'd forgotten about, uh, passed it all up and uh, she actually had a, a bit of a birthday party. Um, and of course with technology, everybody phoned her and sent her voice notes the whole day. So um, she was pretty spoiled. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but are you swimming every day that's left of lockdown? Well, I was actually <laughs> um, coerced into the pool uh, yesterday. Um, and it is so freezing that you literally just, <laughs> you don't even feel the cold. You're just in the pool and you're straight out again. So how did it go that you had this idea to write this book and now it's an actual book? How did it get from an idea to a published book? Um, so I've got a publisher for my previous book. And when I was tinkering away, initially, it was just going to be a story. Um, I thought, well, why don't I add a few pictures? And I've worked with this amazing illustrator called Daniel Sheldon, a Durban um, man who is just a genius in different areas. He's a trumpeter. Um, he's a, He does amazing martial arts, um, as flexible as all hell and uh, is a accomplished illustrator. So I uh, asked him for a couple of pictures. And uh, when I saw the pictures, I knew, hang on, this, this could be a book. And uh, so it's actually when I, he brought my story to life in the illustrations. Um, and then I ran it past the publisher who's since left. Uh, she, she was a Vintbook, a Vintbook based um, publisher, Bryony van der Merwe. She's since gone to England and opened a publishing, a small publishing outfit there i sent it to her and she said well we can do this and uh, you know with e-publishing these days it's not that hard um, it was initially an e-book and uh, and now it's also in those countries where amazon still delivers it's also a print-on-demand book so people can get it on amazon correct
And what is your strategy for not going stir crazy during this lockdown? I've got so much work actually, um, and uh, and sort of just doing things that you haven't attended to before. Um, it might sound silly, but the amount of joy I've got in uh, cleaning out my inbox and getting rid of <laughs> debates and arguments I've had with people that I've been storing up for years, I'm just deleting <laughs> to make space. So it's been a wonderful uh, period where there has been um, things to do. I'm involved in projects here and there, and people have, uh, you know, I've been involved in assisting where, where I can there. And uh, as I say, just cleaning, cleaning. Is there a sequel to The Helpless Lady? Oh, yes, there is. There's, oh, a, there's a definite sequel, and it starts off uh, where the old one left off with a father uh, in the pool where he didn't want to be. <laughs> what do you realize that you won't need any more when this lockdown is over? A suit and tie. I've, <laughs> I, I've, I'm probably never going to wear a suit and tie again. Um, and... Uh, that's probably the big thing. And I, I had a, um, I used to enjoy buying ties for no reason. Um, ugly ties were my thing. The, the, the more 1970s they looked, the more olive green and mustard and broad stripes they had, the better. Um, so I had quite a collection, maybe 20 really ugly ties, and I'm never going to wear them ever again. What's the one thing you won't take for granted again after this lockdown is over? Breathing. Um, I'm an asthmatic and I had a brief flare up of uh, asthma during the lockdown. And of course, you know how the mind works. I was absolutely convinced that I had uh, Corona. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> just thinking how people, you know, in hospitals suffer with this disease. And um, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, just the idea that you'll be able to go out into the open and not fear that in a few days' time you'll be struggling to breathe uh, is, is, is kind of a nostalgic uh, dream that I hope uh, happens again, where we can just go out and not be worried about being infected by things. And finally, what's the first thing you will do when this lockdown is eventually over? Uh, meet up with uh, friends and family and embrace them. The sound effects, Rorschach test. That sound reminds me of Munsieville, a little township in the West Rand near Krugersdorp, where in the 1990s I ran around with some friends who took me home to introduce me as the oddball white friend that they had. And uh, for some reason, Gregorian chants was uh, popular in those days and uh, was playing, if you want to believe it or not, in local Munsiful Shabins. Hmm, that's a difficult one. Uh, it reminds me of a, of a really dodgy casino, not even a casino, one of those places that have a slot machine on Route 66, somewhere in the desert in America, um, almost a fried greens tomato vibe, um, where lonely people pass by every three days, and one of them has just played the slot machine and has won back $3 for an investment of five. <laughs> She's going to kill me for saying this. <laughs> but that is my daughter lying on her back when she's overtired, 
and uh, sprawled out, ankles sort of like just flopping down because she's so tired. And uh, yeah, um, she has quite a, a reputable snore on her, should I say. Well, that's obviously a huge robotic spider with one of its legs broken that's chasing <laughs> us down a boardwalk. And uh, you can clearly hear where the one leg just doesn't touch the ground. It's still very cross because um, we've obviously had something to do with the loss of the leg. And the boardwalk is short. It's just the sea now. What do we do? Do we jump or do we confront the seven-legged mechanical spider? Hmm, that uh, is the sound that I hear, I think, every Friday when um, some youngsters with their daddy's car um, seek to attract the attention of the young lasses who are in the coffee shops in Windermere Road. Um, it's a fourth kind of a mating call. Um, I'm not sure how successful it is, but uh, it certainly is loud. Thank you very much, Heinrich. We're looking forward to the sequel to The Helpless Lady. Um, do, is there a title yet? No, I haven't I've, uh, got a title, but I've got it all worked out in my head. And uh, But uh, titles always come last for me. And from Amabuka Buka, a very happy birthday to Charlie. And we hope that the sequel is uh, as excellent as The Helpless Lady. Thanks, Heinrich. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for listening to Amabuka Buka. You can subscribe to Amabuka Buka on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Amabuka Buka is produced by Jonathan Anser and Dan Dews and brought to you by Books Live in collaboration with Multimedia Live. Authors who would like to be featured, email jonathan.anser at gmail.com. Amabuka Buka. Amabuka. Amabuka.